audio storytelling has become increasingly popular, with many taking to the microphone to share their voices, opinions, and stories through the spoken word. But it isn't just about personal expression. Podcasting connects people and can be an outlet for those underserved by traditional media. I'm Gabrielle Pisca, and you're listening to the Community Podcast Initiative, or the CPI. And the goal of the CPI is to produce and promote podcasting as a way to amplify underrepresented voices through audio storytelling. This initiative is based out of Mount Royal University and powered by Shaw. In this episode, the CPI presents a panel discussion on emerging career paths in digital audio and how this can promote a space for more authentic storytelling. Our three panelists share their experiences in different forms of audio production, as well as how podcasting makes space for underrepresented voices. And even though it's where they are now, it isn't what they thought they'd be doing when they started their studies. The panel is moderated by the CPI's Brad Clark, a professor with broadcast media studies at Mount Royal University. I can uh, just look out over my webcam and I can see the trees and skylines and a low winter sun. And it reminds me that uh, I live in a region and and I'm grateful to be in a region with people who share their home with settlers like me. I'm looking out at the ancestral and traditional territories of the Blackfoot and the people of the Treaty 7 region in Southern Alberta, the Siksika, the Pagani, the Gainai, and the Sutina and the Yohainakota First Nations. This area is also home to my friends in the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. I'm a grateful settler living and working on treaty land. I bought my first podcast around 2003, and I listened to my first podcast probably two or three years later. It was This American Life, and I became hooked on that show, but also on the format. And I have to admit, I never saw podcasts developing into the phenomenon they've become. And I'll bet that's true of our three panelists as well, assembled around the virtual table with me here today. All three have deep ties to our journalism program. And I stand to be corrected, but I don't know if if any of them would have seen themselves working with audio quite the way they are today. That's what we'll explore over the next hour, just how they landed in this ascendant area of media production and what the potential is, both as an authentic form of storytelling and as a career. So let's meet our panelists. First up is Kyle Napier. He's a Dene Nehio Métis from the Northwest Territory with Gaelic and French connections, and he's busy. He's a sessional instructor with the University of Victoria's Certificate in Indigenous Language Revitalization Program. He's involved in graduate research at the University of Alberta, where he recently was awarded an MA in Communication and Technology. He supports education across Nunavut in a variety of IT roles and oversees multiple podcasts and podcast groups with partner universities. And he is co-chair with Native Land Digital Maps and a video game designer creating Indigenous language resources for the South Slave Divisional Education Council. Grace Heavyrunner is from the Gainai Nation in Treaty 7 territory. For the last several years, she's been a producer and a podcaster at CJSW, hosting Indigenization Across the Nation and Treaty Nation Music. More recently, she was the host and narrator for Survivors, a series on residential schools. Grace is also a third-year student in MRU's Journalism and Digital Media program. 
Adil Abdelnabi is an assistant producer with CBC Podcasts in Toronto. She's a Calgary-born journalist and poet and a graduate of MRU's journalism program. She's published work in HuffPost, Vice, Avenue Magazine, The Sprawl, Muslim Girl, and more. She also launched and hosted and produced Muslim Girl's podcast, which she premiered live at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, with an interview with U.S. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. And Grace, I'll put this to you. How did you come to be involved in podcasting professionally? Yeah, um, yeah, it was quite the adventure, actually. I did not expect, um, like, a, an email popped up. And it was actually sitting there quite a while. Like, it was on, you know, they were looking, CJSW was looking for someone, an Indigenous person, actually, to come in. And, um, yeah, yeah just learn all about radio. I did not know anything about radio actually. So um, I finally answered the email and I attended an orientation at the CJSW. It was amazing. I, I felt like I stepped into a whole different world, you know, and um, I was, it was in 216. So it was like the beginning of my um, journalism venture here at MRU. So I, I did not know what I was doing, honestly, you know, and, uh, but the orientation, they welcomed me. Um, I just finished writing an article on the missing and murdered uh, Indigenous uh, men and boys. So that actually kind of, you know, opened the doors. Um, I started volunteering. Um, the second day I, I volunteered, I actually had on the spot interview with the manager at the CJSW. And um, yeah, I just, I, I nailed the interview and right away they handed me a show. They handed me the podcast show. So right from the volunteering, um, I was moved to the studio right away for training. And like I said, it was just, um, you know, it was happening so fast. It happened so fast, but I loved it. Um, I was nervous. I was very nervous because it was just like, okay, I'm going to be on audio, like, how am I going to sound? How, you know, just, and, you know, I, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to see what's going to happen. And uh, I'm going to stick with it. So I, I continued on. And um, I, I named my, um, I think it was like, took me two, three days to actually uh, name my, um, my title of my podcast. And um, I think it came to me in a dream. It was amazing. I got up, I was with roommates and I just said, indigenization across the nation, because <laughs> they had all these names written down, right? So, and, and uh, again, I was focusing on indigenous issues right off the bat. I wanted to do that and I've always wanted to do that. So that really opened the door, like, you know, and, and I have to say my skills and my forte really wasn't in writing. So, you know, this audio just really helped me actually develop my skills and, um, and it opened so many doors. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you really landed where you were supposed to land and, uh, and, and where your, 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 your natural interests are. Uh, Hadil, I know that you did some podcasting when you were at Mount Royal. Um, and uh, in fact, I think you interviewed me once for, for a podcast you produced. Um, but, but how did you end up uh, with, with uh, CBC in this, in this uh, medium? Yeah, 
Uh, so I came to CBC initially in October of 2020 as part of their Donaldson scholarship, uh, which is just like a four month um, sort of internship. Uh, and there's three placements. So I did my first five weeks uh, with a different unit and uh, like the program sort of sets you up with a mentor and my mentor happened to be in podcasts, which uh, was not an option uh, to go to as a placement at the time, but she just made it sound uh, like exactly what I wanted, like the, all of the crossroads of journalism and everything that I loved about it sounded like it existed at podcasts. Um, so I asked if I could do my second placement there and uh, they said yes. And then they kept me for my third and then my contracts. And now I'm just, now I'm just here. <laughs> Kyle, you're, uh, you're involved in, in, in podcasting as well as um, a, a lot of indigenous uh, language issues, and it, it all seems to come to, together across a whole bunch of different projects. Um, but but how did you kind of get started in this in this space? Yeah, in the sphere of sound, uh, my initial kick in was was actually the reason I applied for the journalism program. I just wanted free concert tickets, and uh, so I wanted to be a music journalist. And I was like, you know, what's a great way to do that? Um, so I, I, I well, I, I I first reached out to my local paper and asked to write for them. So I started uh, interviewing some local musicians and that was all in print. Um, but then that allowed my, my kick in into the journalism program. So I initially didn't get into um, the program I wanted in Mount Royal. Uh, I, I ended up in open studies, but I shadowed, uh, I shadowed as many journalism courses as I could. And, uh, and I was writing for Beatroot at the time. I mean, again, the intention here is free concert tickets. So um, my my real kick in into the world of audio was in 2012, which was my internship with Calgary Sound Rentals, now Calgary Show Services. So the internship started in 2012. I still work there. That's nine years later. And so um, that gave me like a really intimate understanding of, uh, of how sound works in environments, how audiences perceive sound, how to work with dynamics and depth. So, um, even like instruments from across the world, like uh, different, different, like, um, yeah, drums or cultures or anyway, this is this is all pre podcast stuff. Um, my, my, my kick in into podcasting was kind of a, a, a forced push. So um, I actually was teaching podcasting before I had ever listened to a podcast, if I'm being honest with you. So this is with, uh, with journalists for human rights. And I, I co taught with Ryan McMahon, who's probably one of the most nationally in-demand podcasters and so he's a he's an indigenous podcaster based out of toronto and so him and i co-taught co sorry with uh journalists for human rights uh as remote media trainers so learning from him allowed me to actually get the grit of, of what creating a podcast is all about and then um shortly after that i ended up co-producing a podcast with uh, the university of alberta so that's presenting our presence and then um uh Meg was nice enough to invite me to, to join as a senior producer, working with uh, some junior uh, co-producers here, who, some, of who are, uh, some of which are on the call uh, with the, the Canadian Mountain podcast, which is quite exciting. Um, so that was my, my, my forced push is that I, I got to work with concerts um, and, uh, and, and mixing boards. So I've, prob I've probably mixed about three or 4,000 concerts. And so that gave me, <laughs> I mean, as you can imagine, um, a bit of an understanding of what, what to do and what not to do <laughs> when it comes to sound. 
interested in getting a sense of uh, what your day is like as as people working in, in the podcast area. So, Hadil, what's what's a day like at, at CBC in Toronto? Uh, you, you mentioned before we got on the call that you're you're sort of wrapping up production with with one of your seasons. What is what does that look like for you? Um, yeah, like a day a day kind of depends on the production schedule. So I could be um, like earlier on, if we're starting off an investigation or something or looking into a new case, I could be like 10 years deep in someone's grandma's best friend's Facebook page, looking at <laughs> the photos she's posted, trying to find information. And then other days, like once we enter into sort of the scripting period, it's really editorial based. And I'm like only focused on that for a good stretch um, and like the vetting that comes after that. Um, and then once we get to the audio stage, it's a lot of... Um, it's really focused on the tone of the show and like the sound design, which I think is really exciting and fascinating. Um, and then the fun promotion stuff. Uh, and then the, you know, all starts all over again as soon as we release it um, and it's out into the world. So yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. I did physics once. If anyone is interested in that, that was a part of it. Um, I didn't do it right, but I did it. Well, there's there's the, the old cartoon of a journalist standing in front of a dartboard with a bunch of different topics that with at the top it says today I'm in an expert in and uh, on that day you were an expert in physics. Um, Grace what what uh, what's a, a day been like for you uh, producing uh, one of the podcast series that you've been involved in? Um, well I'll talk about this latest uh, the survivors podcast. It was huge. Um, it was an eight series podcast very heavy. I had to, I, I interviewed 15 um, interviewees, um, you know, residential school survivors and, and professionals. So, you know, and I handpicked every, everyone, you know, I have a huge network and I did handpick everyone. And we even traveled out to one of the reserves and I actually sat in a teepee and we recorded and the person that was working with me, you know, took care of the sound and, and made sure the audio was was good, you know. So those days, you know, it was um, the planning. The planning was again a little bit challenging because I I felt like I had to kind of fight for um, my voice, you know, um, the narrative. I wanted to interview these people, and then again, I was I was kind of faced with this person that was not indig indigenous, you know, and it was supposed to be indigenous led, you know, so, and um, yeah, there was a little bit of ignorance on, on the person's part. So, and she tried to actually take the lead and I had to kind of, in a sort of way, I had to tell her, you know, we, we talked, you know, and um, you know what, it, it came out beautiful though in the end, you know, so uh, you know, but those were the challenges, you know, making sure that I had a good team. You know, there's a lot of do's and don'ts, especially, you know, a huge series, you know, eight series podcast. We worked on it all year. And then the heaviness of um, hearing all these horrific stories from the residential school survivors. And honestly, um, I thought I was mentally prepared. And I'm a residential school survivor myself of the last generation. And um, I thought I can handle it, you know. Um, but then I had to look at it at a different side because it was a part of my healing too. So and that's why I, I, I dove into it. I was like, you know, focused 
I, I did it, um, you know, the best support that I could give to these people, you know, and but yes, you need to be mentally prepared. And I wasn't really thinking about the team. I had a young team, you know, I'm 47 years old and I'm working with, um, you know, uh, students that are uh, very young in their 20s. You know, so and, and them having to hear all these stories, you know, hands down to my team, you know, they made it through one did not listen to the interviews because she wasn't I don't think she was ready for it. Right. So but she was part of the production um, that kind of clashed. But even like I said, we pushed for it. Um, the person that had to listen to all the interviews and, and kind of break it down and, and actually, um, you know, take quotes out of all these interviews. And that was like time consuming. He had to hear. And then he came to me and said, I don't know how you can do it, Grace. So, I, I, you know, I think people were wondering, Grace, how did you, how did you manage to, to hold it together that, that you know, give, given, given your own personal history and experience? Yeah. Well, you know what, part of this uh, series too, I was able to tell my story, you know, and this was the first time telling my story. You know, um, I will actually, I, I, I told it to um, a couple of people, not many, you know, but a part of my story will be a part of all each series, you know, and um, how I held it together is the elders, the elders and the spirituality. Um, I, I, I do I practice my culture. Um, I, I smudge, you know, um, but I do need to um, probably, you know, I was told to go out you know, and, and just kind of, you know, even scream, you know, let it all out, you know, and then unleash all this, all these stories that were put upon me, you know, so and then I was, um, I actually kind of did that and gone for walks, um, you know, going for those long walks, especially at Nose Hill here in Calgary, you know, and I felt like that was kind of my saving grace and, and talking to um, elders like Clarence Wolflake. You know, they were there, they were supporting me. Um, all the people that I've talked to, the professionals also, you know, were amazing that the ones that worked with the Truth and Reconciliation, um, you know, they gave me the best advice. And I also had the honor of uh, interviewing Murray Sinclair, Honorable Murray Sinclair, you know, so he will be part of the, the series and just me and him will be in the last, I think the eighth, right. eighth part. You know, so, uh, you know, so like I said, it was, it was quite the journey. Yeah. It was the journey. Yeah. Well, it must have been quite, quite a special moment to spend time with uh, Marie Sinclair, who, who led the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and, and uh, continues to speak forcefully on Indigenous rights for Canadians. There's, there's something about podcasting that, that, that really, lends itself to to the sort of authentic storytelling that you're referencing grace and 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 kyle with your with your background in 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 sound production and and now audio and podcasting what's your what's your perspective on that what is it about podcasting that lends itself to to, to authentic storytelling well i think audio quite like video allows for more sincerity from the sources to come across so you you get more of the impression of where of where people are coming from where they're kind of if they're where they're speaking from and so when i'm editing video or audio um, I, I find that uh, 
I mean, it's very possible, of course, to convolute people's words and, you know, people have deep fakes and whatever <laughs> that uh, it makes it easy to misrepresent other people's words. But I find in, uh, in journalism and podcasting, like not only is there an expectation from the audience for that sincere level of storytelling, um, but also just respect for the people that you're working with. Um, and, and then bringing it back to, um, to what Grace had mentioned about protocol and, uh, and kind of going through those types of, of uh, healing environments is like not all of the all of the easy sorry not all of the interviews are going to be easy so um some of the contexts in which i've i've done recording interviews which have not made it into podcasts but rather um were used for research or or um i guess other uh <laughs> other avenues of, of of using these interviews um we had to engage in protocol in order to do that. This is with uh, with Dene and Cree communities. I'm both Dene and Cree. And, uh, and so in order to ensure uh, authenticity of the space, to ensure um, like mutual respect, to, to make, to ensure that it doesn't seem like we're coming in as, as either helicopter researchers or as, you, uh, as people have likely heard on the call, helicopter journalists, right? Where, where we want to establish relationality before we, we even begin the interview. Um, I think that uh, that the the spaces that lend themselves more to the authenticity of uh, of audio uh, of audio um, I guess productions or environments are often ones of of mutuality and uh, and and empathy. So, like what Grace was talking about, when you are interviewing uh, someone and you have to go in through a trauma informed approach. Um, often you, you, you also have to respect the protocol that goes with that. And so um, something that I, I'm careful to consider is that, you know, it, um, whether you're recording an interview for, um, for, journal for journalism uh, or for uh, research or whatever your purpose uh, is to consider the, the stewardship that comes with that. So um, something that was really profound for me when it comes to, uh, to audio and, and podcasting and recording interviews is uh, when you're recording like sacred knowledges or knowledges shared under sensitive environments is um, to ensure that, uh, that you treat them with respect. So instead of treating it like data or recording, um, the, Dr. Jennifer Wemigwan makes the point to refer to them as digital bundles. So you would, you would treat those recordings the same that you would treat uh, a sacred medicine bundle. Um, and then uh, one thing I wanted to make with your last with your last question was uh, around how do I how do I spend my day? Well, I spend a quarter of my day thinking about uh, licensing and intellectual property, particularly intellect, uh, indigenous intellectual property. And so, something that allows for me to speak more authentically with somebody else is to ensure that they have um, sovereignty in in the products before we release them. So, um, making sure that people have the opportunity to listen to the interview. Um, or that they know that they have creative liberties um, before we release the product. So if people are aware, like, okay, you're going to evolve me in the editing process, which isn't necessarily journalism, but it, it is uh, within the realm of pod podcasting. Um, so if they know, okay, I have a bit of sovereignty here, like if there are things that I, that I said that were inaccurate or I misspoke or I just don't want this in the public, that they know that they can cut that, then they can know that they can speak more candidly. So you almost have a, a higher degree of authentic storytelling um, by including them throughout the process. But I'm not sure if that speaks to the same processes that, uh, that Grace or, or Hadil are going through um, in terms of involvement of the, of, of the sources, but um, that's helped me for, for authentic audio uh, storytelling.
Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. And and um, Duncan McHugh, I think, has, has has covered off this this quite well on on his website reporting in Indigenous communities, which is a fantastic resource, especially for students and journalists who find themselves covering Indigenous issues in communities, and really recommend it. But sort of sort of following up on on. Um, Kyle's um, answer, Hadil, uh, you know, where, where, where do you see space in podcasting for, for uh, the, author- the authentic storytelling that, that, uh, that we've referenced so far through our discussion today? Um, I think that there is more space to explore the larger picture, or at least like with the podcasts that I have um, experience with, like a longer uh narrative like serialized podcast, um, you get to spend a lot of time having, uh, you know, ethical discussions about how we are representing the facts um, and our sources. Um, Oftentimes, like, well, especially on um, like a true crime series, there are victims involved and victims, family members. Um, So it's important to explore like how much like just going, sorry, going off of what you said, Kyle, like that we are very involved with the sources like throughout, um, even after the uh, the series is that like the family members are still sending information and following up. Uh, so they're like very embedded, not per se in like maybe the the production of it, but they are like always following with us. And I think in building those relationships and expressing that empathy and showing that we are like willing to have conversations around comfort um, and uh, representation, I think um, has been helpful. And I also think that just uh, in general, like podcasting as a an audio form, sort of lowers some walls that are up like uh without sort of being seen or like if it's if it's an interview on the phone or something like sometimes people are a little bit more vulnerable um and more able to be themselves authentically um if they're not worried about you know someone watching their face or uh what they look like so that's just a technical point thrown in there but overall you know, you know what, what I've read sort of academically around podcasting is is that that it's 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 more of a, an intimate media, um, and maybe that's always been true of of audio and radio. But but Hadil, do you get a sense of that in your in your work at CBC? Is that is that part of your discussion the the the, the, the possibility for intimacy in podcasting? Yeah, I think any time that there is um, an expressway for vulnerability, there has to be a conversation about um, intimacy and like as a, a, you know, like a form of storytelling, it is um, in its nature intimate, but also um, just the conversations that you have for the podcast are very intimate because of that, uh, the audio factor. Like I remember there was one interview that my host did uh, for the first season that we worked on. There was a a girl who went missing um, from a small town in Ontario in 1996. Um, and sort of in the third episode, we're really like honing in on this one suspect and there's more information coming out about him. Um, and in the interview, he, uh, the ho- my host is talking to his partner of 37 years. Um, so the suspect is now deceased, but um, you can hear her putting the pieces together and sort of like coming to terms with this person that she thought she knew for most of her life. And uh is like has turned out to be this like very scary person instead um, and you can hear it in her voice and you can hear it in the, in her cadence and just the way that she's uh, you, like you can hear her thinking about it um, and that was like incredibly authentic and painful to listen to but then the flip of that was uh, 
trying to figure out how to uh, produce like an accessible version of that, like in a transcript. Like how do you then represent the intimacy of that in a transcript for someone who might not be able to listen to the podcast and like hear the the sound design and heard the emotion in her voice and things like that. Um, I'm going to sort of throw a, another round of, of uh, the same question to the to the panelists here. Grace, where do you think and where do you hope podcasting is going to eventually take you? I mean, I love podcasting. There's so many podcasts out there. And, uh, you know, I see it growing. I definitely see it growing. Um, you know, um, with the journalism, I have to say, though, uh, with Indigenous peoples, we are in small numbers, you know, um, and, and that's all right, though, you know, because I, I'm really happy that I chose journalism, you know, and uh, to be part of it because, uh, you know, I'm here, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm where I'm at, you know, with podcasting. And I do really thank at Montreal University for, for helping me push and giving me those skills to, you know, work side by side with podcasting too, you know. So, uh, like, you know, I look at it as an article. And this is an audio article, you know, so it's 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 really interesting. Um, and doing the research also is is very exciting. You know, you dig deep, you find your your sources, you know, and uh, you get to interview these people, you know. So, um, like I said, I, I I find it like it's opened so many doors for me. And in the end, I I do one day want to actually um, do uh, work with film. And I feel like I've already have um, um, archive, you know, all my archive podcast, you know, with CJSW. And that's kind of my platform there where I'm going to be working next into film. So I'm going to be turning my audio into film. So that's that's why I've just said, you know, I'm, I'm really excited uh, with Survivors. I, I do see that uh, doing, you know, having that turn, turned into film. Yeah, and there, I think there's, you know, there's there's real similar narrative structure sometimes between between podcasting and 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 good film work as well. So, um, Kyle, how about you? I mean, you've got your fingers in a lot of pies, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, how, how do you how do you hope to continue to use podcasting in what you're doing? Yeah, this is such a great question. It made me think, where where do I see myself in podcasting or the direction of podcasting? And uh, honestly, the route for me is the destination. So like the path that I'm on already with podcasting and with sound and sound design, as Hadil was talking about, um, is already fulfilling enough. So where I am is exactly where I want to be. <laughs> and, you know, future directions will follow, but I'm, uh, I'm really thinking presently as opposed to uh, directionally. So um, what podcasting, it's, I, I want to talk kind of more globally about, about sound design and working with audio. So what that's allowed me to do has uh, allowed me to, to meet with some of my favorite musicians, interview them. Um, it's allowed me to, um, yeah, consider, consider sound design. Cause like, again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a video game designer. So this game is entirely in Denedetlinayati. So I have to interview um, my elders often. I have to make sure that there's really good quality audio, really crisp quality audio. So everyone who's listening is student, especially. Um, one thing I'd recommend for you is, uh, is you know, I, I didn't know where audio was going to take me. And now pretty much my my whole world is dominated within the space of audio, as is uh, Hadil's and, 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 and Grace, your, your steady tumble into, into it. 
Um, and so where, where my experience with audio was quite trial by fire, like I, I had to ruin a lot of people's experiences at concerts because I was a terrible sound technician for a while. And it's going to be that way. You're going to make mistakes. But the sooner you can mitigate those mistakes, the more deeper you can get into the field of audio. And uh, I, I didn't realize um, exactly how deep I would fall into the world of audio. Um, but, uh, but yeah, now it just, it just wraps up my whole life. And there was such a, a dearth of, of, of sound technicians or um, audio practitioners. And so um, even out of journalism, you, you're coming out with, a, with you know, obviously a, a very special, specialized and nuanced kind of uh, uh, storytelling expertise. Um, but I, I really encourage you to, to focus also on, on audio. I mean, without, without really high quality audio, your, your video um, won't be as complimented, right? And so your, your audience won't be as served well. Um, but, uh, but I guess the, uh, when I'm thinking about the, the future directions of audio, I'm, I'm also thinking about accessibility. Um, part of what I'm, I'm also creating, I've noticed that my presenting our presence podcast is not as popular as our presenting our presence vodcast. Okay, so think about how your audience is accessing those spaces. You know why they're choosing podcast over vodcast or or one one forum over the other. That was the Community Podcast Initiative's panel on opportunities for authentic storytelling in audio, moderated by Brad Clark. The panelists were Hadil Abdelnabi, Grace Heavyrunner, and Kyle Napier. The episode was produced by myself, Gabrielle Piska. Thanks for listening. The Community Podcast Initiative at Mount Royal University focuses on audio storytelling as a medium to better include underrepresented voices. The CPI is powered by Shaw. You can learn more at thepodcaststudio.ca or find us on socials at communitypodyyc. YYC.